the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. I'm coming at you again on this Saturday. Uh, glad to be back. Nice, hot, 90-plus degree day. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, finally, my kind of weather is out here. I can work on my tan, get there, look good. Uh, got a big track meet this weekend. Uh, just We had Biker Sunday, Blessing of the Bikes, last week, and it was a great time to be out there with the bikers and, you know, eating and barbecuing in uh, front of the church. And just as we was about to pack up, you know, a whole nother slew of bikers rolled up and said, we don't care about eating. We just want prayer. So we just wouldn't pray for them. And, but we ate and we sat and we talked. And it was a, it's a good good weekend. And so we rolled into this weekend. And uh, yeah, I want to continue my topic on talking about leadership. But one of the things that, that I'll be doing this Saturday and Sunday, besides preaching on Sunday and doing those things, is I'll be at the uh, USATF state meet uh, watching our 18 and under athletes compete in various Olympic-style events with an opportunity to, to move on to the regional meet, and then an opportunity to move on to the national meet. And then I have one of my old fogey athletes uh, in the studio with me today. <laughs> one of the aged-out athletes. Oh, you haven't aged out yet, so that's, that's what I'm trying to get her not to age out on me. But I have Jada Lewis. Jada Lewis is a uh, sophomore at Augsburg. She's an Act Six scholar, you know. And on her resume, she runs track for Augsburg. How long you was running track with us? How long you ran track with us? Uh, I think since I was nine or something. Nine, was, something like that. Yeah. When you was crying that day, yeah. Yeah, crying a lot. Yeah, I, I remember that. I, I was looking at at how Robbie Robbie won the state meeting, and uh, I remember that when she quit <laughs> her first time out there USATF. She, <laughs> She took a whooping and she wouldn't come back the next day. She told her that I quit. Oh, yeah. And then now she goes out there and wins the wins the state meet all by herself, you know, going out there running. So we're going to talk about leadership, but I brought her in because uh, Jada's a, she's a leader, you know, not, oh, she waves her hand like so-so, but she, she is a leader just to talk to her about some things she's experienced. Well, the first thing I want you to talk about is what was the adjustment for you just leaving home? Leaving high school and going off to to college. What what was a what was a big adjustment for you? Big adjustment. Um, I think food. 
mainly <laughs> because I had to figure out like where I was going to eat at sometimes when the cafe was closed or if I didn't like stuff. Um, just like learning how to just be on my own and uh, do stuff without my mom telling me to or like having to ask. Did you cry to come home? No. Okay. No, I, I never cried because I was ready to be gone. Well, not gone, but just like ready to just be out in the world on my own and see what I can do. See what you can do. Yeah. I had a few breakdowns, but I never called my mom. So. Okay. So now as in the part of the, uh, being a quote unquote Act Six scholar, they expect you to be a leader, right? Yes, they do. So what, what leadership roles did you take your first year at Augsburg? I didn't really take on any direct leadership roles, but I joined track. Um, I walked onto the team. Um, so I guess I got, I didn't have a choice but to be a leader because a lot of the runners that were on the team were either in like their first or second year coming onto the team. And so I just had to be able to just tell people like, oh, it's time to warm up. It's time to do this. Like just having a positive mindset, even when I wasn't being so positive and just like leading by example. Um, and then my coach kind of threw this like leadership role on me of like helping out with student athletes and merging like clubs together and just being able to pull everybody together to have fun and be more like together, I guess. So besides track, what other activities did you participate in? I participated in the, uh, PASU is the Pan-African student group. It's like black student union basically out on the campus, um, getting to know those students and, like, what is the culture like in that aspect of life. And then, of course, going to class and, like, meeting new people, understanding new cultures and trying to, like, branch out and understand, like, what different people are about because I'm I'm not used to not – I'm not used to going to school with, like, predominantly a school that's, like, full of white students. So I had to learn how to adjust and um, learn the culture of those students as well and not just the students of color and – being able to uh, understand those people. So, so when you look back on on life, uh, what are some of the things that prepared you to survive this first year of college? You know, going all the way back, elementary, household, track, you know, sports, three D, everything. You know, what, what were some things that you could pull on when you got to college? Um, first thing was to just stay focused. And not to stray from away from, like, what my main purpose was to do at school was basically to be at school. So making sure that my schoolwork came first before anything. And then um, making sure that the priorities that I have. So I started track. It was a commitment. So I made sure that I stuck to that commitment all the way through the year until it ended. Um, keeping my family values and making sure that I uphold my family name because that's very important to my family, making sure I uphold that name. And then, I don't know, just remembering everything people taught me, trying to – everybody told me to stay positive, so I was like, I have to stay positive, (laughs) even though sometimes I wanted to just be like, huh, I give up, I quit. But being able to stay positive, keeping family values, and staying committed to what I had to do. So are you going to – Really lead next year? I mean, you, you say you did an indirect. Are you planning on, or are others planning on you leading next year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they plan on me leading because <laughs> uh, I think they're trying to make me captain of the track team for next year. And then um, I wanted to start a student group, and it was like for uh, 
like a group for black women to come together and to um, just have a safe place. Because I know we have the Black Student Union, but it's it's kind of a it's not. I don't know how to explain how the, that group goes. It's more of like these organized events, and I want it to be more like a collaborative group where we can sit down and talk about real issues and like what are the things that like black women need help with instead of it just being like uh well someone's leading the group like someone there's a president someone's leading it someone's leading the discussion or like it's just an agenda on the list no i want it to be more of like everybody has a say in what's going on and um being able to just have a safe haven for each other now when when, when you we look at you know we've always talked about how leadership is is that ability to, to to influence people? Do you think you have that ability to influence people? Yeah, I I think so. <laughs> um, I think I influence a lot of people to just. I think I influence a lot of people to just continue to go on and be great. Because I know on the track team this year, even though I didn't want to, but like a lot of people just kind of got down on themselves. So I was just like. You know, like, I get down on myself, too, but it's time that we just, you know, get up and keep going. We had to run a relay, and we have never ran the relay together, none of us. And it was at conference, and we weren't supposed to place, but I was just like, you know, let's just get out there and do it and try our best. And so being able to just tell people, like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do it the way we can do best. And I struggle, but, I mean, I don't know. Inf- I don't know if I really have an influence on people. Well, I mean, you do. I mean, you know, when it, when it gets in there, I mean, I know that uh, even as we were uh, going through track and field season, sometimes, you know, sometimes parents would say, like, I want my daughter to run with, to practice with the twins. I want to I want to join your team so they can practice with the twins. I want her to run against the best, you know what I mean? Like, or y'all, y'all would get, I don't know if it's your good looks or whatever, but. A lot of guys wanted to join the team just to be, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just to be around. So influence is there, you know. What I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta have a, a, a greater understanding of the direction that it's going in. Now, now, one of the things that that I know that's always been central in your life, you always talk about, you talk about your grandmother, you know, you know, and you know which grandmother I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. You talk about your grandmother, and and and, and they're like, I don't want to be like that. You know, <laughs> you know. Why don't you want to be like that? I mean, there's nothing wrong with her. Um, <laughs> she's, I mean, she's changed a lot since she's gotten older. But I just didn't. I just want to be like a better example for her because I know that's all she really wants us to be is better than what she was. And um, I don't know. I don't want to carry on like like a a bad demeanor. And so, I mean. I've seen, like, who the person she is now to the person that she used to be. And, like, the person that she is now. That's... I'm talking about Grandma Lewis. Oh, Grandma Lewis. I thought you were talking about Grandma Arlene. <laughs> Grandma Lewis. Well, she is very, very, very spiritual and very, um, who? She's very overwhelming in my life. Because <laughs> I'm not like she, like how she is and, um. I mean, I don't think there's, I don't know. She she pushes me. I know she challenges me a lot because she's always like, you need to feed your spirit. You need to find a way to make your spirit happy and make God happy, and you need to live the correct way. And I mean, 
it's hard because especially when the society that you live in is like influencing you to do the stuff that they want you to do and not live. And we don't live in a very spiritual world. So, you know, it's very hard to be like, okay, grandma, well, I'm going to live spiritually when everybody else around me is living, you know, how, how they're living, doing whatever they want to, not following by the word. So it's hard. But, I mean, she still texts me scriptures. Read this. Tell me what this means to you. You need to live by this. You need to make sure that you're feeding your soul, your spirit. I'm like, okay, grandma, this is a lie for me right now. But I'm trying. So... Well, you know, I mean, it's one of the things that that I always point out to people is that somewhere in somebody's life, you always find if you see a person that has favor, right, has favor and or a gift, you in somewhere in their life, you're gonna find somebody that's praying for them, somebody that that laid that groundwork because you know Psalm 37 says, "I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread." It doesn't say that their seed is living the life. It just says their seed won't beg for bread, you know what I mean, because if they're righteous. So it's good to have a, a, a righteous uh, person in the family that, that kind of keeps you covered in the midst of the storm and until you can, can wake up. Because, you know, statistics say this. Statistics say that 85% of the kids that go to college lose their faith. You know what I mean? They, they don't even think about their faith. And I don't think it's so much as the environment that's around you. I think it's just the fact that you know, we want to just try everything. You know what I mean? We just get there and go like, ooh, it's like being at a buffet. You know what I mean, right? You're at a buffet. You don't know what it is. You just put it on your plate. Then when you get back to your seat, you're like, oh, this is nasty. You know what I mean? But it looked good when it was up there. It was nice and colorful and everything like that. And you, you get to that, you sit down like, ugh. You know, it's just like I go to buffet with some people and they go like, man, you got to try this sushi. I said, man, I'm not eating no raw fish. <sighs> I'm not, yeah, I don't care how pretty it look. I don't care what they cut it with. They can cut it with ginsus and everything. I'm not I'm not eating it. But we get to a buffet and so we get out here and here we are. We got you got business majors, engineering majors, uh nursing, you know, pre med, you know, your your major history, English, elementary education, things like that. And you have the smorgasbord and you have all these different types of people running around there. Like you said, you had never been to school with majority when the majority was white, but now you're in school, majority white people, plus you got people running around, you probably don't even know, you th- think they're white, but they're not white, you know what I mean, you know, yeah, and so you, you're going through this thing, and it's like a buffet, and you get there, and then you have your values, right, yeah, your 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 values, your, like you said, your family values, you know, your, your, your things that you've been taught, and you go like, hmm, what would that is like, you know what I mean, and, and then next thing you know, you find yourself, you know, kind of teetering over. You know, I remember when I, 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 I first uh, uh, a story that 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 made me feel kind of bad. You know, when I was getting there, when I first came to college, and I was happy to be away from home. Man, I was. You know, I used my influence for the other way. Man, I had everybody, you know, running with me, and I was just clowning. Then later on, I realized that man, I had to. You know, I had a professor challenge me. He said, "Man, you 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 have influence." You know, you're you're a freshman, but you have influence. He said, "You need, you know, you need to really." You, I didn't pay no attention to him at first, you know. But when I was a sophomore year, I started, I started doing a little bit. I started volunteering in the community and, and doing different things like that. You know, uh, you listen to Isaiah sixty one, the radio program of Spirit Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. I'm here with my guest, uh, Jada Lewis, the Act Six scholar, future teacher, 
You know what I mean? That, that we're dealing with, and we're talking about the subject of of leadership and and how it transitions with her as a as a first year college student now, and and, uh, and we're when we come up after the break, we're gonna have her explain to us some of her goals. Uh, so what 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 is this degree in history as a history teacher going to mean for all our little grandkids coming up who go <laughs> who will get to experience the great teaching ministry of uh, of of Jada Lewis? You know what I mean. So uh, you sit tight, enjoy this weather, work on your tan. You know, keep that yard well mowed, and we'll be right back after the break. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Mission Minneapolis. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 980 The Mission Bible Teachers and Ministries with Alexa and Amazon Echo. I'm old. I'm old. You know, I'm young. I'm, 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 I'm too early. You got arthritis too early. Yeah. So, welcome back to Isaiah 61. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, and I'm sitting in the studio with with Jada Lewis, the Act Six Scholar. Jada, I heard uh, that Act Six Scholars uh, were given these uh, opportunity to get a four year degree at a Twin City College. The Act 6 program is at Augsburg, where you are, yeah. uh, Northwestern, mm-hmm. Bethel, um, North Central, North Central, Bethany Lutheran is a new school. Yeah, Bethany Lutheran. And then is Concordia coming on next year? Uh, we don't know yet, but we're hoping that they are, so they'll probably be. We don't know. They might, yeah. They're yeah. thinking about it. So basically they approach... Uh, the Christian colleges about opening up their doors to allow students, not necessarily Christian students, but urban students to come in and they supposed to come back and impact the urban area when they graduate. So question to you, Miss History major, teacher, how are you going to come back and impact the urban environment? Well, my plan was to, after, you know, getting my degree, of course, and getting my teaching's license was to come back and teach in Minneapolis public schools, you know, because I think it's important that Minneapolis public schools have, like, teachers of color that are influencing young students of color as well, but also non-students of color, and just being able to have a role model and an influence in their lives, because I know growing to Minneapolis public school, we didn't have, like, teachers of color as, like, mainstream teachers, so that's why I want to be a history teacher, because 
it's a mainstream class and like it's being able to show that like young students of color they're like okay in this profession like there are people that look like you and so that was kind of my way of like getting back into the community being able to go back to teaching a school where like the students look like me because I wish I had that in high school well I had that in I had one teacher in high school like that but I wish I had more teachers like that in high school and being able to like have that like um role model to show me like okay like it's possible and so I want to be able to be like that and just influence other students to go to college and let them know that like it's possible for us and don't let anybody kill your dreams about it so so does the dream just end with college or would you do anything outside of college to to impact the urban environment mm. I mean outside of high school you know teaching in high school oh no um well I'd, Eventually, I'm okay. gonna come uh, in. Eventually, coach, eventually, eventually, oh, coach, help coach out the track team, of course, because I mean, well, I know a lot about track, and so being able to do what you do, like get back into the community, help out, because I know I watched you coach and train a lot of students in the the inner cities and like help out people and guide people. I'm one of those students, and I was one of those kids, so. Being able to do that and help influence people and just being a part of lives because hey, without you, it would have been a, a struggle. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's providing an environment really is without your mom and dad. You know, you have a great, great mom and dad trio. Even though they're not, they're not married, they uh, they both make sure that they look out for you guys. I mean, every big meet, your dad is there. You know what I mean? You know, and that that's it. That's I mean, we got kids whose parents live in Minneapolis. <laughs> they, don't even, they don't even come to the meet. Your dad comes all the way from Chicago to to all the meets. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know what a trip to Nationals would be like without Herman sitting in the lobby cracking jokes. Oh, yeah, that's you true. know, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it, it just stands laughing at people as they dying or something like that. You know. <laughs> You know, uh, to get to that point, you know, and I and I tell people that, you know, providing 3D or providing uh, the track team is a good helper. You know, it's like having a cane, but you still need the other two legs. You know, and uh, and they they they've been real they've been real good to you guys. You know, I mean, even though I know sometimes you probably wish they'd leave you alone, but they they've been real good to you guys. They've been real good. So I have one more thing when you look at it. What 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 improvements do you see could be done first when you when you look at the current state of education in, <laughs> in our urban environment since you're going into education? Well, first, I think being able to like get kids excited to learn like about learning, like having people like that are not there to just be like, okay, well, I'm here because it's my job, but, like, actually getting, like, building relationships because I notice, like, with me, like, I try to build relationships with my teachers so that I know that I have the best chances of learning and being able to understand things. And so, like, teachers being able to build relationships with inner-city students and, like, because, like, when it comes to relationships, people trust you more. They're able to come to you and be like, well, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? But a lot of students don't go to teachers because they don't have that relationship because they're uncomfortable. And so just being able to have teachers build relationships. And so that's kind of what I want to do, like help 
build relationships with my students that they're most successful and like enjoy learning and come into school and like I think we should want to learn to enjoy like learning because it's like education is not a privilege like I mean it is a privilege like we should we should want to be like taught these things I don't know this... I have a question for you did we do a good job in presenting how to be a leader to you and how Christ would compete if he was an athlete or how he would function if he was walking in this century? I think so. Yeah. And the, with the track team, of course, yeah, I ha- we had a lot of different leaders. Um, if they were loud or they led by example, um, I do think that you guys showed us the correct way, how Jesus would have done it, how God would have led us. And I honestly think it was the best, best way for me to learn. Because even though I was very difficult, I still paid attention. Oh, yeah, shocker. But um, I think I think you guys did. Okay. Taught us how to be leaders. Because there were some people I'm like, mm, okay, you're a leader, but you're showing me by example, not by what, what you're saying. So, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap our show up. I thank Jada Lewis for coming in. Uh, if you're ever around Augsburg or anybody there and you want to go to track meet and watch a, a star perform, you can go and watch her perform uh, at Augsburg. And once again, always tune in. This is Isaiah 61. And until next Saturday, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.